Shalom Aleichem, and welcome back to Sefer Makabim. Last time, we learned how Antiochus, brother of Demetrius, sends a messenger to Shimon, trying to intimidate him into returning the land he conquered. But Shimon gives him a firm response why actually the Jews did not steal Seleucid lands, and how Shimon does not intend to give them away. Now, Antiochus doesn't disappoint and invades Judea, and now in chapter 16, the final chapter of the first book of Maccabees, we see how Shimon wastes no time into bringing Antiochus to a halt. Shimon, by the way, is an old man by this time, and he has four grown-up children, three sons and a married daughter. We aren't told his daughter's name, but his sons Shimon named after his father and brothers. The eldest is named Yochanan Hyrcanus, the middle one, Yehuda, and the youngest, Matityahu. At least the elder two, and possibly the third also, are outstanding soldiers and battle commanders, just like their father and uncles. Now, Yochanan, the eldest, has been scouting around Judea to see what General Sendebus has been getting up to and the damage he's been causing. And Yochanan returns from Gezira by the coast to inform his father of all the damage Sendebus is causing. Now Shimon gathers Yochanan and Yehuda and tells them, I and my brothers used to fight for Israel's sake, and God granted us so much success that we delivered Israel many times. But now I'm an old man, so you go instead of me to fight our enemies, and may HaKadosh Baruch Hu be with you. Now Sendebus and his army are down in the flatlands, and Shimon's sons are in the mountains by Yerushalayim. So Yochanan selects 20,000 foot soldiers and cavalry, and he and Yehuda lead them west out of the mountains to fight Sendebus. They rest overnight in the foothills of Madian, then in the morning they come face to face with the enemy army, and it's huge! Nevertheless, Yochanan and his men are not afraid to fight. But the text tells us how there was some sort of nachal, a stream, between the two armies, and Yochanan's men are afraid to cross over it. So Yochanan himself crosses first, and his men then follow him. Yochanan divides his troops, and achieves a miraculous victory, in which Sendebus's troops flee before his own. Even though his brother Yehuda is wounded during the battle, Yochanan pursues the enemy all the way back to Kidron, the town Sendebus fortified, and even as far as Ashdod. Around 2,000 enemy soldiers fall on that day, after which Yochanan and Yehuda return in peace to Yerushalayim. If the book of Maccabees were to stop here, this would make a wonderful ending. Land liberated, peace achieved, last enemy invasion subdued. Unfortunately, it doesn't. And as is all too often in Jewish history, our victories never seem to last long. Shimon rules Judea as the Kohen Gadol for a total of eight years. As we mentioned, this is a time of great peace for Judea. This time could have lasted longer, but Emperor Antiochus, seeing how Judea is flourishing under Shimon's leadership, fears Judea will become so strong they will be able to challenge Greece. Remember, by this time, the Greek Empire is on the decline and the Romans are expanding their empire, and they want to absorb the Greek Empire's territory into their own empire. So Antiochus hatches a cunning plan to get rid of Shimon. Shimon's daughter is married to a man named Ptolemy, whom Shimon appointed as governor over Eurycho. By virtue of this position, and being the Kohen Gadol's son-in-law, Ptolemy is a powerful and wealthy man. But as it is with human nature, the more you have, the more you want, and Ptolemy gets it into his head that he wants to rule over all Judea. This is just what Antiochus has been waiting for. He speaks with Ptolemy and asks him to kill Shimon. Antiochus, of course, doesn't care about Ptolemy himself, but he wants Judea to have a weak ruler who will willingly accept Antiochus's orders which would effectively allow Antiochus to bring Judea back under Seleucid control by reducing it from a strong independent entity 
to a weak country that makes its decisions based on Seleucid interests. Now, Ptolemy knows nothing of this. He's just drunk on the idea of power, and he agrees to assassinate his father-in-law. As part of Shimon's job, he goes on journeys up and down the country, visiting the people in the towns and villages and taking care of them. On one of his trips, he, his wife, and his sons, Yehuda and Matityahu, pay a visit to Yericho. When Ptolemy hears they are coming, he thinks, this is a chance I've been waiting for. And he graciously invites his father-in-law and his father-in-law's family to a banquet at his military fortress, located just outside Yericho on a mountain called Dak. Shimon, of course, accepts his invitation. He sees this as nothing more than just a nice family reunion. What Shimon and his family do not know is that some of Ptolemy's men are hidden in the building on his orders. In the middle of the banquet, when Shimon's family have drunk a lot of wine, Ptolemy orders his men to emerge from their hiding places, and they kill Shimon in cold blood, taking his wife and two sons prisoner. Excuse my French, it's a bloody massacre. Doesn't this remind you of the awful episode when the governor of Eretz Israel, Gedalia ben Achikam, is assassinated at the Rosh Hashanah meal by Yishmael ben Netanyah? The similarity between the two cases is striking. The primary difference, however, is that Gedalia was appointed by Nebuchadnezzar as a puppet ruler after the Babylonian king conquered us and destroyed Afet Amikdash. And Gedalia's death meant the death of the last sliver of Jewish independence in our land. Shimon, on the other hand, was the leader of a newly liberated Judea, killed in the wake of a 26-year struggle to free our land from the forces of empire. I'm not sure which death is worse. With Shimon taken care of, Ptolemy sends a number of his men to take care of Yochanan Hyrcanus, the only son of Shimon not to have been present at the banquet. Luckily, an unnamed Jew runs ahead to Gezira and informs Yochanan that his father is dead and his mother and brothers are captive, and Ptolemy is now coming to kill him also. Needless to say, Yochanan is shocked, but now he is at least able to escape and runs to Yerushalayim, where word of Shimon's death has spread and the Jews are furious at Ptolemy. They welcome Yochanan with open arms, and then when Ptolemy's soldiers arrive at the city gates, the people band together and drive him away, not allowing him to enter. So Ptolemy returns to his fortress. While in Yerushalayim, Yochanan is appointed Kohen Gadol in place of his father. And officially, the Book of Maccabees ends there. But we'll include one more incident from Josephus' writings. Shortly after becoming Kohen Gadol, Yochanan leads his army to besiege Ptolemy's fortress, where he hopes to kill Ptolemy and rescue his mother and brothers, who are there being held hostage. He would have taken the fortress easily, but Ptolemy, in an immense display of cruelty, takes Yochanan's mother and brothers up to the battlements atop his fortress, in view of Yochanan's entire army, and proceeds to torture them mercilessly. He threatens that unless Yonatan would lift the siege, he would throw them down from the battlements to their deaths. For this reason alone, Yochanan goes about relaxing the siege. However, his mother begs him not to have mercy on them, but to storm the castle quickly and execute Ptolemy. For she does not mind this torturous death, so long as Ptolemy gets his just deserts. This heroic speech by his mother gives Yochanan the courage to storm the fortress. But when Ptolemy resumes torturing her, his nerve fails him. Thus the siege goes on without Yochanan capturing the fortress. In fact, the siege goes on for so long that a new year begins, which happens to be a Shemitah year. Ptolemy decides that the siege should be ended, so he quickly kills Yochanan's mother and two brothers and flees Judea. And on that happy note, we'll end. A big thank you to everyone for listening this far, but we're not finished quite yet. 
we're going to have two more episodes in this series, one on the aftermath of the revolt and a conclusion to wrap everything up nicely. See you then.